This episode of TSP is brought to you by 409breaks.com. As many of you have learned a few weeks ago, the Pokemon trading card world is absolutely booming, with cards from the very beginning to current day going bonkers on the market. With packs becoming increasingly difficult to find in retail stores, 409 Breaks does the hard part for you. They are constantly stocked and loaded up with many American and Japanese sets. Purchase packs on their site, and owner Todd Young, a.k.a. Youngin419, will open them on his Twitch stream every Wednesday and Saturday at 6 p.m. Eastern. It's a lot of fun that the whole family can enjoy and could be quite profitable if indeed the right card gets pulled. That's 419breaks.com. Visit today and make sure to tell them TSP sent you. Now let's start the show. We talking shit, baby. Every episode, I promise you, it's lit, baby. Every week, get some shit you can't miss, baby. Dylan Bob, still a vibe. Podcast game solidified, no cap. All fact like a snapper. Stream us on that Spotify or Apple, tap in. Roller coaster ride, strap in. We gon' take you for a ride, just take this shit in stride. All topics, sport the current event. Tell me who more current than this. Good luck with the mother shows. This the best one. Your sister and your brother knows. We talking shot, we talking shot, we talking shit, baby. We talking shot, we talking shot, we talking shit, baby. We talking shot, we talking shot, we talking shit, baby. We talking shot, we talking shot, we talking shit, baby. Yes, sir. Talking shop, episode 106. I'm your host, Bobby Hall, and with me as always. That's the DYLF. Dylan, how we doing this week, my guy? As always, baby, we're doing great. We're doing great. Life is good. I hope everyone out there listening today is having a very great day, great week. Um, weather's starting to pick up. Sun's shining. Got the first mow in of the season. Um, it, it, it's feeling great, man. The, the smell of fresh cut grass is just a beautiful time of year. But Bobby, how you 100%. been doing? Good. Uh, same same deal for me this week. Um, had the first mow of the season. It's great, man. Make sure I just I because every every spring I take my mower to uh, this local shop just to do a little bit of like a spring cleaning. Get the, the oil filter changed. Get it all cleaned up. Um, make sure uh, everything's on the up and up there. Spark plugs, the whole nine. It's like forty five dollars, but um, it's worth it. And uh, Get the blade sharpened as well. So once this thing's ready to go, it's time to get things rolling. Um, that thing's just eating grass. So it was great to get that get that shit going, and uh, away we go. But um, Dylan, I got some big updates, man. We last week I was talking about where we're at in the home buying process, and uh, we've jumped up some big steps. Some big steps. Uh, no pun intended there. But uh, okay, last okay. Monday. Uh, the day that 105 dropped, which we'll touch on that a little bit um, after this, because uh, great episode, really, really enjoyed that one. But we had the uh, the home inspection; uh, everything was good. All, all the big stuff was great: uh, roof, all the appliances, um, you know, foundation, all the really and really important stuff was good. There's some TLC things we got to uh, attack, um, you know. Uh, as far as like a couple of electrical things, nothing too wild, and just some stuff that uh, you know needs done cosmetically, and then maybe a few windows need to get sealed up so uh, we don't got any air or water coming through there and, and, and wrecking the the inside there. But 
Uh, everything was good. But since the house is being sold as is, um, I decided to go back to uh, the negotiation table, drop my offer down another 3000 um, off the, the 3000 that we had already dropped initially. Uh, and they accepted. So it was great. So uh, we're getting the house for uh, $6,000 under the what they wanted or listed. And, um, you know, that's going to be great. So with that, also, uh, the lender told me she was able to get my interest rate lowered, which is even better news. And uh, now we're just waiting for an appraisal. So I would say we're about 90% of the way through. And um, I don't know, unless something, you know, catastrophic happens, uh, I'm going to be officially buying a house. And hopefully, hopefully sometime next week, I'll have a closing day. So very exciting times. That's fantastic. I'm glad to hear, man. I'm very excited yeah. for you. Um, and yeah. then you get to cut that grass, the first mow of that season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And I got some stuff. I might have to have our boy Kyle Bin come out because um, they had an in-ground pool that they removed and just never did anything with that entire big-ass patch. So I might <laughs> have to him, have him come out and work a little magic. So, uh, you know, the whole backyard's got some nice thick grass. But, yeah, man. Um grass. It's it's great. It's great news. Obviously, uh, my aunt she lives out in Genoa. She's basically she's she's friends with my my agent, and I guess they were talking the other day. And what we're getting the house for, I guess, is basically a steal in that area. So it's pretty exciting. Um, I wish I could still fast forward like the next eight weeks because um, now that we're going to be almost done with this part, uh, the next huge hump is going to be in the way of the actual cleaning everything in this house, getting shit thrown away and, and loaded up and then doing basically doing the same thing, unloading it all when we get over there. But uh, it'll, it'll be worth it, obviously. So It's exciting stuff. It, you're moving it into yeah. your castle, man. It's not yep. not a landlord's castle, anything like that. It's going to be so such a weird experience probably the first month or two because when you want to do those like cosmetic changes and such, you don't have to call anyone to ask permission. Yeah, are you, are you sure you can drill holes in this wall? What, what whatever you want to do, knock down walls, whatever the plans <laughs> yeah. are. You don't have to ask permission. You can just fucking do it. Unless you have like an HOA or anything like that. Do you have any like no, neighborhood? No, 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 Fantastic. No. Hey, you're at man. You're in the clear. You yeah, yeah. The clear. So I got a couple buddies that you know uh, know electrical, and then I got a couple handymen um, that you know that that'll be able to help get things right. And then uh, my aunt, I guess, apparently knows somebody that. Uh, Owns a U-Haul, you know, station or whatever you want to call it. So hopefully you might be able to get a nice little deal on that. Because Dylan, like we said last week, fuck Penske, right? So we'll be fuck rolling uh, probably with with a, with a U-Haul and get getting it right there. But it's awesome, dude. Um, I don't know. I, I'm a little. I was a little late to the ball game, but uh, we're here, man. We're here and uh, ready to play ball. So that's the big update. We'll see you next week, man. I might. I might. You know, be able to keep updating in there. And then once we do have a closing date, me and you will have to figure out some stuff. We might have to just take, um, you know, a little, a little break here for season four just so I can get everything taken care of. Because with Tori working basically the opposite days I do, um, it's we're, we're going to have to be balls to the wall there. And, and the time, like pretty much the entire weekend times, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to probably have to put most of my energy into that, which, you know, it is what it is. But, um, you know, we'll come back and I already have plans of where I'm going to set, you know, my recording stuff at pretty much that little basement area is going to kind of be my, my spot where I'll have the 
the video games, the t- you know, TV, and uh, that's yeah. where I have my desk and shit. That's, I, that's basically gonna be my my man cave. So once once everything's settled, man, we'll we'll be good to go. But yeah, you you call it the man there. cave. Mm-hmm. I'm working on the basement myself, as you know. Okay. Um, getting the paint up, going with a storm gray, and they had the, they had this like mustard yellow down there. It was absolutely dreadful, and I'm covering it up with some storm gray. Matches the carpet and white trim very well. I'm gonna get the. Uh, I'm working on getting an LG TV soundbar system. It's going to be called the Dilfs Den, and it's going to be fabulous. Let's go, let's go, baby! I can't wait to see what's going on with that. So, um. And we'll see. Obviously, if you know things are going the way they are, um, our, our original draft plans might be uh, might have to get revised a bit. We'll see. We'll see what's going on. We'll figure it out. But um, I've, yeah, I've come yeah, to man. terms with the people that I've invited. Um, that it's more than likely I'm going to be watching round one by myself, which I'm perfectly fine with. Um, and then Friday night it seems to be when most people like uh, Ian and Todd are more time more than likely going to be available to come so it probably works out best for on my end of things too but either way i got that friday off so you know your boy's going to be watching it yeah even if i don't come down your way um i already talked to to our boy matt schmies and you know we'll do something on discord or you know something along those lines where uh we'll watch it together whether it has to be you know remote or uh, in person but we'll figure it out uh you know the more information i get but um Done, man. We got another fantastic episode this week, and it follows one that uh, I personally thought was one of the best we've recorded uh, to date. And um, I've had people message and text and all that good stuff, just saying how how much they t- were able to take away from that, and how they you know plan to to contact uh, our boy Anthony about you know paying for them you know each course as they come out and, and learning more about planning for financial future and getting themselves set up dude that, that was a great that was a great time it was really fun to record it and then it was just also um great to listen back and just kind of you know pick up them gems and and uh you know retain all that information and start to uh you know get the chessboard ready you know what i mean yeah yeah it was a great episode and knowledgeable episode the, the material within it uh we usually just talk shop but this one had more of like an agenda aspect of you know, you knew exactly. It kind of like, you know, when we talk Browns, it kind of has an agenda of, you know, we're just going to be talking Browns. This one is like investment finances, you know, important shit, not just opinions on your favorite sports team. And speaking of finances and stocks, like Dogecoin seems to be taken off. I was looking at my Robinhood and I've probably invested, I think I have like a little over 300 because I was, I mean, I have no knowledge on investing. It's like Dogecoin, is it going to be the next Bitcoin? That would be absolutely incredible and great if like in the next 10, 10, 20 year window, it it goes up to those numbers. But I have like 320 some odd Dogecoin and then the return on it is like 100 plus dollars so far. And then I saw that he was tweeting or Facebook, I don't think he has Twitter, but I saw it on Facebook, I believe, um, that he said something about taking half your investment from Dogecoin and then investing it in reinvesting it into like those index uh, funds that we were talking about. So yeah, man, a lot of knowledge. I highly recommend getting the $5 lesson plan. Well worth it. That's just a $5 investment into knowledge on yourself. And yeah, I can't, I can't, uh, can't say it enough. How great knowledgeable that episode was. hundred uh, percent. I'm going to read, a uh, a message that I received from uh, 
uh, friend of the show, Quentin Tyler, one of, one of uh, our most loyal listeners. Uh, and after I read that, we'll bring our guest on, man. Um, but he said, hey, man, just peep that last episode with Anthony. First of all, great guest. Definitely a topic I wish I knew more about and we'll be looking into his course. But also wanted to comment on the question of why it gets missed, especially working in K through 10 schools. Think Anthony hit it on the head with two things. You figure most of us don't have the knowledge to begin teaching it correctly, and there are a few places that truly offer business math or financial classes in those early grades with people skilled in those fields. And he said, two, while it sounded like conspiracy theory, I believe the whole rich want to stay rich. Those financial standards are in every grade being in, for, in some fashion. And they put in uh, parentheses, for me, with sixth grade in Texas, it's credit and debit, debit and talking about student loans and such. However, those standards are often the tail end of the things to cover in a year. They would, quote-unquote, I'm sorry, they, quote-unquote, would be covered at the end of the year, but are often skipped because they don't show up on the state-mandated test. And I know we haven't been encouraged to teach them from our administration. Can't say enough how much those things would have saved me, as I, too, am just getting my shit together here on the verge of turning 30. So, I mean, just like we talked about, dude, um... And we don't we don't have to uh, get too too far into it now, but he uh, you know that's somebody that's that's in it, man. Down especially down in Texas, and um, you, you can see here first where it, it, things haven't really changed since you, I, and you know Anthony have been in school. Unfortunately, it's it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. But he may have something there with like you know the rich wanting to stay rich and not wanting to change things uh, for the betterment of society but more so just for the betterment of them themselves but on the other side of the token i mean if you were the rich i mean wouldn't you also feel the same way like wouldn't you just want to stay rich as well so like you would obviously want to vote for those things that are going to keep you rich that's a whole other debate which i don't want to i don't want to uh delay bringing our guest on but that's i mean you bring a great point and that's something that will We'll have to pencil in for another episode, or maybe later this episode. We'll see, but especially because um, that's where today's guest currently lives, if I'm not mistaken. But um, episode 106, we are bringing on somebody who was uh, a former, actually, uh, my direct supervisor at one point in time, uh, about four or five years ago, and um, we've kept in touch a little bit since uh, you know I've, I've moved along, and um, I've always thought he's he's lived a pretty interesting life. As far as uh, traveling goes, um, big music guy, likes to go to a lot of concerts, food, of course, which, you know, that's one of our favorite topics to talk about here on TSB. Um, sports guy into gaming. Uh, we're still friends on uh, PlayStation Network to this day, and uh, we'll be touching all that. But uh, this week, 106, we have uh, Darren Haynes on joining us. Darren, man, we've been trying to set this up for probably a good <laughs> six to eight months. Um you know, schedules are, are kind of uh, tough to line up these days, especially three different schedules. So uh, we appreciate uh, you giving us some of your time on a weekend here. I know uh, you don't get a whole lot of free time, so it's always very, uh, very awesome when a guest can, uh, you know, pencil us in and talk some shot, man. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's been great to see you, Bobby. Yeah, yeah. Like we said, pre-production, it's been about four years, I think. Um, since we've seen each other in person, but obviously these days, uh, social media kind of keeps you in the loop on a lot of those things, uh, as far as 
uh, how, how people are living and stuff. So it's been cool, but it's also also going to be great to uh, you know have a, like an hour conversation with you. So obviously, um, you know, I treat this as if we were at lunch or you know at the bar and a couple of drinks, man. So obviously, you know, how, how you been? I've been great. Loving life down here. It's it's been it's been different from Ohio for sure. But I, I love it. I'm definitely not moving back to Ohio. That seems to be the people that we've had on um, that have moved along down, especially down south. We had um, a guest on a few weeks ago, Simone Eli. She lives down in Alabama, and she said the exact same thing. She's like, "I love you know all my. I got a lot of family up in Ohio, yeah. Midwest. Uh, you know, I loved living there, but now that I'm down south, like she's like, I'm never coming back. I, I'll I'll definitely come back to visit. Like obviously, a lot of friends and family up in Ohio, Michigan, but. Just that it's just so much different down here. Once you like leave and kind of check it out, and you're like, "What? I can do this? I can do this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can do everything I did in Ohio and do more? Like I can drive a few hours and be in a completely different area? Like, it's just completely eye opening." It is different if you ever like travel, like take long road trips, and when you go into different states, it's almost like you're going into a whole different country because it's like the vibes different, the roadways are different. Uh, signage, even everything down to the little things of like streetlights being placed in a different way. Because I know I was down in Florida. Mm. Um, for the listeners mm. that already know that, I moved back to Ohio, which I don't understand the flack that Ohio gets. It has a lot of great things to offer. I love Ohio. The weather is great on all four seasons. You know, the winters aren't that terrible like you would get in like Minnesota or anything. So, especially if I mean, if you live on the you know northeast part like Cleveland area, you get that lake effect sometimes. It can be brutal. But all, all in all, I mean, you have a lot of things to offer. You have Cedar Point. You have Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Football Hall of Fame. You have all these great environment or great attractions. Um, and I like the industrial aspect of it as well, where it has like a lot of like blue collar type blue chip uh, working environment. Uh, you know, farmers and factory workers and such like that. The booming industry. But I love Ohio. I'm, I'm never going to give it flack. But I guess I should ask you, why Texas? What, what made you move to Texas? Honestly, I just kind of came down from my job, but okay. I always kind of wanted, like, as a child, kind of selfishly, I was a Cowboys fan, so I kind of envisioned myself moving to Dallas someday, and then it just kind of plopped up the theory of moving a plant down here. I never actually, I never had actually visited the state until I moved. So, uh, was it last? Yeah, last May, I came down to look for an apartment, and that was my first time being in Texas. And just, I, I mean, I went to San Antonio once. It was beautiful. And I just drove. I remember driving down, like, cause I drove down from Ohio because the pandemic and all that. I didn't want to fly. But um, I drove down, and I remember, like, getting into Dallas, like, at 3 in the morning. And just, like, looking around, I was like, what? Like, this is where I could possibly be living? Like, it just seemed like a completely alien planet. Like, I'm, I'm born and raised. I lived, I lived in Toledo my, pretty much my entire life. So... I spent like 35 years pretty much in, in Toledo. So very familiar with what you're talking about with Ohio. Nothing nothing against – not giving Ohio flack by any means. It's just like <laughs> something completely different that I'd never experienced before. And then I just come down here and see like what's available. Like just living in like a big city. So Toledo is like a medium-sized city. And like we have Detroit, which is technically a big city, but like it's not a big city. It's – a big city where everyone kind of moved out to the suburbs. And then you come down here to Dallas, which is like the fourth biggest like metro metroplex in the country. Like 
you have Dallas, Fort Worth, like Dallas has a few million people and then Fort Worth and you combined all those suburbs and it's like 8 million people. So to go from, to go from, to go from like a small medium sized city in Toledo on Ohio from like 200, 300,000 people tops to just the suburb I live in is the size of Toledo. Like it's absolutely insane. But that is wild. Um, I did. Yeah. <laughs> were, were you hit with like, cause I remember, was it February when, um, when Texas got hit with, you know, all that freezing temperatures and all the snow and stuff, did that affect you as well? Yes, it did. It affected pretty much everyone. And I was one of the, one of the fortunate ones. So my apartment complex, I remember I had gotten home. I stocked up on stuff like everyone else said, like stocked up on food and, and everything else. I was like, okay, I should be good. Like I knew the storm was coming. I was like, I should be good as long as the power doesn't go out. Well, yeah, the power went out. <laughs> so I think it was that Monday, they they kind of like sent us a notification they were going to do rolling power outages. And I remember it was about 9 a.m. that Monday, and power went out. I was like, okay, it should be in a couple hours. Well, power never came back on. But fortunately, I took most of my um, – I was still pretty new to Texas, so cold weather doesn't really bother me. And I brought most of my win- – I didn't leave all my winter stuff in Ohio. I brought it with me. So Smart I was pretty fine. Yeah. <laughs> I had all my As winter say, jackets and hoodies and blankets and all that. Yeah. So. I was going to say, you, you had to be one of the very few people that kind of knew how to navigate through something yeah, like that. Everyone else, um, I'm sure we're going <laughs> insane. Some people were miserable. Like miserable. Yeah. Like, oh, it's so cold. It's like, uh, it's cold, but it's not that cold. But then I was also fortunate. Yeah. I was also fortunate. One, I was in an apartment. Two, my power was gone for like on and off for like a day and a half, and it came back that like that Tuesday evening. There is folks. There is folks down here that are still recovering from that that whole situation. It's just like like the house people. I had several coworkers that had pipes freeze, pipes bust. Like their houses are just yeah. like an absolute wreck. And there's like I'm just fortunate that like people that had issues with the um what do you call those damn things i just drew a blank um generators power generators they mm-hmm. were like dying from the gas because they had them inside their house yeah people people don't know what to do like they're not used to being that cold and not knowing what to do like oh we throw a generator in my house when obviously you can't really do that right and then it's just people aren't, aren't used to dealing with like storms like that or me growing up in ohio I remember being a kid and ice storms and then like the power would go out and like you'd huddle up in your room, <laughs> build yourself a fort, or if you had a fireplace, you'd use that. And you just kind of waited for things to thaw out. And it was pretty much the same for me here. So I didn't go anywhere for a few days and just kind of huddled out. Whenever the power went on, I heated something up real quick and ate it and chilled and read. Luckily, I had a uh, charger for my switch so i had a little battery pack nice so okay i was still able to play video was games. So I, I, was, <laughs> I just kind of i just kind of built a, built a fort in my bed and played played nintendo switch so i, I was i was one of the fortunate ones i yeah I, I didn't think about that that's really the only way you could do that i'm glad i got one of those the, the switch is great but yeah when i originally seen that news break i'm like what like you just don't really think because being from ohio obviously um you know we go through that four months out of the year, probably three months. So seeing um, that go down in Texas, you don't think about the, the fact that, you know, not everyone in the country experiences that kind of stuff. So 
Um, you just kind of expect everyone to kind of know what to do in that situation. But as I, as time went on, you're like, all right, I guess being down in Texas probably because I mean, before, the, well, the week after that wasn't like back up in like the 70s and 80s. The following which, a week, yeah, so week crazy. when my power went out, it was it was 80 up. <laughs> like literally uh, a week from when my power ran out i was outside with shorts on flip-flops and a beer a week a week later wow <laughs> like this is absolutely wild. wild yeah that i think during that same exact time I, we got smacked with probably the most snow we've gotten in probably yeah, Plato area got like about 10 years I remember yeah it that. was it was insane it was it was pretty wild um but I, yeah, we obviously still had our electric and stuff. But yeah, uh, we had a we had a buddy of ours, me and Dylan's, that we were, we were playing uh, in a Madden league with, and we had kind of had to stall the online franchise we were playing for like two weeks because he just he didn't have no internet, obviously no power. So um, we kind of we we're kind of getting a, an inside look through what was going on, kind of through his point of view. But uh, wow! And then one of the I um, say one of the. What? The most eye-opening things for me, as far as like winter down here, because I remember just living in Ohio. And always joke. You always hear the stories of like an inch of snow or like a sheet of like a little bit of ice, and, like the city shuts down. And I always joke about it, and then I actually experienced why that actually happens. One, no one knows how to drive down here in that kind of weather because they're not used to it. Two, yeah. I think like I looked it up. Like the city of Dallas has like a handful of plows, like twenty. For like the entire area, <laughs> so there's there's they and they what they do is they they don't like do like the crazy in the northwest Ohio like you put out on the salt and all that de icing stuff like they treat yep. they'll treat they'll treat the roads with like some sand and and some salt but it's not a lot so like when you go on the roads it's like basically they just didn't get treated at all and all the highways are elevated so elevated highway cold air blowing under it. There's, there's just nice. ice. So you probably yeah, they, saw that, uh, you probably saw that crazy then, video with um that huge accident, and that's what happened there with the black ice and all yeah, that. that that's yeah, that's exactly what happened. Big pile up. Um, since then, I mean, have they talked about kind of switching the procedures or adding more trucks to the fleet in the case that something wild like that happens again? Or there's been discussion kinda... on it, but as far as I know, I, I don't know if anything's been done. But I guess we'll yeah, I mean that's kind of yeah, such a freak yeah. thing in Texas that they're probably just gonna play because plus Texas is those the, like the people that run that state they're they uh, I don't know they're um, I don't know the word I'm thinking but yeah I think it's just such a freak thing that I feel like they're probably just gonna roll the dice on what with I, what they yeah. got if it happens again I then yeah people going forward with with the uh, with the climate changing and everything you see like more hurricanes on average more typhoons you have more like these major weather uh, catastrophes happening um, more and more each year. This could become more of a, an annual thing for the southern region that they haven't been expecting. Like I know, yeah. like there's people in Louisiana that I met when I lived in, down in Florida that they get some snow in northern Louisiana um, on a yearly basis. But you know, southern Louisiana, watch out because it might become more of a uh, a annual thing and more of routine that you get snow and ice storms. So start salting up now. And then the other thing with that is that like the houses that are built down here, like just everything down here wasn't built that way. Like everything's built for like the crazy summers. It's like when it's over a hundred for three months, houses are insulated for negative 20 degrees. So that's why you literally see houses that be, it'd be freezing, like be 30 degrees in their house 
because their houses are insulated for that. Their houses are insulated to survive a summer. So if it does say that does happen, it's going to be really interesting to see like how how the state goes about like redoing everything for that climate change. Right. Damn. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, before we jump into some more stuff uh, about Darren Dillon, I know you you wanted to uh, run through this week's uh, Around the Mill with Dilf. I almost said Dilf. Around the Mill with Dill. Um, so go at around it, man. The mill. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Around the Mill with Dill. That's that's a whole different program. That's not on this show. <laughs> not on this show. Not at all. I'll start off with this one. We did have a audio clip to, uh, this week from Michael Moon. And uh, he wanted to talk about a fight that's coming up tonight. We are recording on a Saturday, so you might be listening on Monday and already have the results of this. But hopefully it's good results because it's the Jake Paul versus Ben Askren fight. I believe it's a boxing match. Uh, that's yep. on pay-per-view. I'm not sure what network it is. It's probably some knockoff. I think it's like probably thriller. Uh, it's, through, it's through that uh, trailer, trailer app that did the um, Mike Tyson and Roy Jones fight. Yeah, but this is, he, he wanted to throw that out there, and uh, this is what he had to say. What's up, fellas? Hey, just uh, coming in this Friday. I know you guys record usually on Fridays, sometimes Saturdays. Um, but that Jake Paul and Ben Askren fight comes on tomorrow night. Just curious, um, Bobby, who you got winning that and why, and uh, are you going to be watching it? So uh, let me know what you think. I want you guys to kind of maybe talk about that this uh, this coming episode at the beginning and uh, have some fun with it. So y'all have a great weekend. Oh yeah. oh yeah! First off, shout out to uh, to Mike Moon for sending us a message. You know, we we love that, and um, you know, it was great. It's great that he utilized the, the mailbag. Hopefully, um, people follow suit with that. But um, to kind of go off of what he was asking, um, yeah, tonight is the the uh, I guess you call it celebrity boxing match between Jake Paul and, and Ben Askren um, on on the Triller um, TV app, and uh, they're gonna have I think. Performances by I think I've seen like Snoop Dogg, Justin Bieber, Doja Cat, a couple of other big time artists. Don't which, not forget um, about Black Keys. The Black Keys are gonna be for, for well, performing. Say, I only saw that like the stuff that I've seen on Twitter and stuff. They they were like the marquee names there. So I, uh, forgive me there because those guys I think they're from Ohio. So got to represent. Yeah. But um, <laughs> the off that alone, man, it's like it's it's almost worth watching for the performances rather than the actual. Um, because I don't know any of the undercard, but um, yeah, I'll probably yeah. catch it. Um, I don't think I'll be paying for it, so I'll have to figure a way uh how to uh be able to watch that, you know. Um, but I think uh, Jake Paul, I think this is only his what third professional f- boxing match. Um, he's really coming off of uh that last fight, um, where he knocked out Nate Robinson in, in crazy fashion, which. I think he's selling an NFT of that image, which is um, kind of funny. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's kind of working his way up. I think most people had him losing last fight, and then he came out and, and dominated. And uh, he, he basically said that uh, he hasn't stopped training since then. I think he took, like, five days off and then immediately got back to doing it. And um, Ben Askren, he's an MMA fighter. And the crazy thing is he's most known for being knocked out in, like, three seconds. He caught a flying knee in one of the craziest um, things I've ever seen on, on UFC. And um, and as of right now, Jake Paul is most known for knocking someone out. So it's kind of uh, 
kind of uh, two different worlds there. But Ben Askren, obviously, he's got a lot more fighting experience, all, you know, all around. And uh, you know, he's not uh, his MMA career has kind of been a little shaky in you know the last probably three or four fights. So uh, I think obviously, first off, he's definitely taking this for for the dough. I'm sure he's making a pretty penny doing this. And uh, if you looked, because they were po- they were posting shots from like the uh, the um, press conference, weigh-ins and stuff. And if you look at Ben Askren, you can clearly tell that dude has not been putting 100 percent in uh, on training. And uh, I think he's been doing a lot more uh, talking on podcasts and and uh, um, you know ESPN and all in you know, all these places rather than getting it in in the gym. And Jake Paul looks to be like he's in really good shape, but. Um, it just takes one shot, so it's kind of. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be rooting for Jake Paul, um, only because oh. of the Cleveland affiliation. Got um, got to go there, and uh, Ben Askren to me. I I just I've never really been a fan of that guy. Uh, he seems like a good dude, um, and I <clears throat> I feel like uh, most people are gonna be cheering him on because Jake Paul kind of took the heel role there and uh, doing a lot of tactics to get a lot of people to hate that to hate him, and it seems to to work. Especially with you, uh, Dylan. You know, uh, you don't like any of the Pauls for uh, reasons that you haven't really been able to ever say. You just don't like them. Um, but if Jake Paul wins this one, it'll be interesting to see uh, where he goes from there. Because that's, that, you know, I'm saying he'll be undefeated. And, and that this time, Ben Askren is, uh, you know, an actual real fighter, whereas Nate Robinson was just, you know, he was a world class athlete. But. Somebody that clearly uh, never put on gloves before in his life, so um, it'll be it'll be interesting. But Mike, to answer your question, yeah, I'll be watching and uh, I will be cheering on Jake Paul. Oh God, Bobby, TSB has been split. TSB split on this one. I gotta say, Ben Askren has my vote. I don't like Jake Paul, and I'll tell you why. It's just the whole. It's it's one thing to be born a dickhead. And like, that's just who you are. That's just like how you walk life and you're just a dickhead. And it's a whole completely different thing to be a fake persona dickhead. And I think it makes me more sick that it works, uh, that he just like calls who's out your these. Favorite, who's your favorite streamer though? While we're, while we're talking about fake personas, fake dickhead personas. Who's my favorite streamer? Yeah. If we're talking about like video game, watching video game streamers, probably Dr. Disrespect. Okay. I just wanted to ask that. Continue. But wait, that's not even the same. No, oh, okay. You said fake, fake dickhead persona. What's Doctor Disrespect? World, and I'm talking about okay, like, okay. He, Jake Paul, makes me like the other Paul brother, isn't it? Logan, Logan Paul. Yep. Yeah, Logan Paul. I think even Logan Paul looks at Jake Paul and some of the shit he says and does. He has to shake his head. I think he actually has shaken his head and disagreed with some of the shit he has done. You know, he's. He, he tries to distance himself from, from Jake Paul at times. So I respect Logan Paul because he's obviously the more mature brother. Jake Paul, um, yeah, it's just, I, I hope he gets knocked out. He needs to be just fucking put in his place, sit down for a second, because I absolutely hate that he lives this lifestyle of just making a bunch of money, cocky cockhead, and this, this fake persona, man. This fake persona that just gets him a lot of money. I hate that it works because I don't obviously wouldn't work for anyone. It's just like one of those just, you know, Dumb things that happened in life that just it strikes with the wrong person. But I don't give a two rats asses about him being from Westlake, Ohio, because he gives Westlake a terrible name. All right, I think there's a lot of parallels between him, him and the Doc. Um, 
Oh man. As far as their personas go, uh, but uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I, I do very much appreciate Jake Paul, and most I think some people, whether they want to admit it or not, should admit that uh, it's it's very impressive that he's he's taking this shit seriously. Um, obviously, I mean, I think he's in it for the bag too, but he's putting the work in. If you look at him, he's in great shape, and uh, he's in there doing you know doing it for real. Whereas the guy that you know has done this his whole life for a living is half-assing it, you know, at least uh, on the outside looking in. But who knows? Tomorrow uh, he could come in there and dominate. So, or, or tonight he could come in there and dominate. So it'll be inter- interesting. Yeah, and then, like I said, the difference between Dr. Disrespect and Jake Paul is that Jake Paul, that's him. That's Jake Paul. That, that's his life. Dr. Disrespect is like a character that he plays for, what, four or five hours, three times a week. And then he comes be like, you know, he's a father, family man type deal. I'm sure he's a good guy. But anyways, cheated on his wife once. Hey, didn't do it again though. Didn't do it again. We, that we know of. That we know he of. But, uh, you know, who knows? We, we don't know what Jake Paul's like behind closed doors. This could be. You call it a persona. You called it a persona. So, could be a thing. But Darren, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know uh, if you plan on watching or if you follow along at all. I mean, this is. I don't know. It. it I think a lot of people have seen it once or twice. Come across their socials if they're not really following it, but. Um, did you have somebody that you think is going to win? I'm pretty indifferent on it, but I have to agree that I'm not really a huge Jake Paul fan myself, but I'll, I'll probably throw it on. Definitely not paying for it. So I'll find some place to watch right. it and we'll see who wins. But yeah, I'm not like a huge fan of like YouTube star turn into boxer slash MMA fighter. It just seems kind of, I don't know. It seems kind of ridiculous to me. <laughs> didn't work well for McGregor. Yeah. yeah, it didn't work no, well for McGregor. I have to say that with Jake Paul, if he does win, it it would it won't be good. It won't be good for the the sport of boxing. But it did work out for McGregor. He made he made what nine figures. What's that? Who made nine figures? Did, say, did not did not work. I think I'm pretty sure Conor McGregor made nine. You talking about on that Floyd Mayweather fight? Oh yeah, financially, yeah, it worked out. From I'm talking about from competition. That's what standpoint. I'm saying. At the very t- at the very end of the day, these guys that cross over and do this shit—that's what it's all about. Um, the money, yeah, I understand. Right, but yeah, I mean, it it, uh, it is weird, and and now that it's working for for him, you know, the, the Paul guys, and the, the people are seeing what kind of money's coming in. You're gonna start seeing uh, yeah, a lot of parody. But if, if Paul wins, a lot of people are gonna be jumping over. Yo, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, you know, maybe the doc will get in there. He's a big fucker. He's six, like what, six eight, six seven, probably like two two twenty five, two thirty. So, I wouldn't mind seeing. Uh, maybe we'll get some Twitch a Twitch uh, fight card sometime. That'd be hilarious. I can see that actually happening and making a lot of money and profitable for Twitch. But I would have to say this. Going on to uh, the next topic in the segment of Around the Mill with Dill, uh, we're going to go with. Uh, Bobby Stone Cold Steve Austin is going to be featuring in a new A and E premiere of Biography. It's matching up with the WWE Studios. Um, I believe it starts at eight p.m. Eastern Time on A and E. Uh, let me pull this up here for you. So basically, A and E Network and WWE Studios are giving fans an ultimate ringside seat in an all-new Sunday night programming partnership with eight original two-hour documentaries showcasing the stories behind some of the most memorable WWE stars, including Stone Cold Steve Austin, Macho Man, Randy Savage, Rowdy Roddy Piper, Booker T, 
Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, Mike Foley, and Ultimate Warrior. Each special will air weekly at 8 p.m., starting with Stone Cold Steve Austin on Sunday, April 18th. Is that something you're going to be interested in? It's also, I want to add yes, this. Yes, I do. I, I have to make one small correction out of sheer respect for a legend. It's it's Mick Foley, M-I-C-K. Mick Foley, I completely, sorry. But I'm pretty sure Mick Foley is the one that's the crazy fuck that flies off of fucking steel cages <laughs> eyes every time. Yeah, yes, that's yes. You got that correct. But, well, um, like, at least got that correct. But I want to add this as well, that it's going to be produced, executive produced by the same uh, man who, I forgot his name off rip, but I know it is the same person who produced the last dance and um, uh, the Andre Andre the Giant, so it should be a really fucking good documentary. Good yeah, I, I enjoyed both of those things immensely, and obviously, as being a big wrestling fan, I'll definitely be checking those out. Um, it'll be interesting to see um, if they sh- somehow show anything that I I don't already know about somebody like Stone Cold Steve Austin. I've seen, I mean, on the WWE Network and throughout the years, di- different DVDs and stuff. They've told his story, you know, a million times over. So, um, you know, I basically, you know, most of that stuff front, front to back. But you know, they might show some behind the scenes stuff like they did on the last dance that, you know, has never been seen before uh, or some interviews or, you know, something like that. That might add a few more things uh, to the fold. So, yeah, I'll definitely be checking that out. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I do like the list of people that uh, they got on there and, um if yeah, the way that this guy has made some documentaries uh, in previous time, I think these will be pretty good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be starting Sunday's night. That's April 18th. So obviously, this episode drops after the Stone Cold Steve Austin premieres. Uh, but going forward, ladies and gentlemen, it'll be every Sunday night. So you get to watch some WWE documentaries and then wake up to some TSP action uh, the next following day. So it'd be great, great combination there. But going forward, I have two more things for this segment of Around the Mill with Dill. Hope everyone's been enjoying the segment so far going forward. But this was a random thought I've had uh, throughout the week, and it was just a funny thought that I had. But it's how country people and hip-hop people contrastly have, like, show how they're financially well-off. Like, if you are a person who primarily listens to hip-hop and rap and stuff like that, you're more, you're more likely to show off your financial well-being with, like, bling and, uh, you know, how much ice you got on and all that kind of stuff, maybe even like lowrider cars, rims, anything like that. With the country aspect, I found out more likely working around a lot of people that are more country folk uh, nowadays, that they like lift kits on their truck. That's one powerful way that they show they have money. The higher off the road you are, the more money you have, I guess. And I would actually ask you, Darren, living in Texas, I noticed this. I was going to say something. (laughs) Probably every fucking other truck has a lift kit on it. Yes, that is 100% a Texas thing here. The funny, <laughs> the funny thing is I drive like the most anti like kind of Texas car possible because I drive a hybrid. So, <laughs> And I roll up to my, roll up to my uh, parking lot at work and there's just lift, lifted trucks everywhere. So that is 100% a Texas thing. Yeah, like I, I remember seeing it all the time with like – I'm not sure if they have those bumper stickers either on, on Texas cars, but – I'm not sure how close you live down by the Gulf Coast or that area of Texas that you're in, uh, but it's always Salt Life. They always have a Salt Life sticker on the back of their vehicle if they have like a Jeep or anything like that. That was definitely my area over by the Gulf Coast. There's just Salt Life stickers everywhere. No, I'm a little bit – I'm North Texas, so I'm like basically okay. like an hour, two hours away from Oklahoma. So I'm not, I'm not that far, far south. Well, 
But, gotcha, uh, gotcha, yeah. But yeah, it's the crazy. Lift, the lift, like the, the cars, the kind of cars you see lifted, like obviously the trucks you see, but then you'll see anything and everything lifted. Just put your mind to it. It's, pro- it's, pro- <laughs> it's probably lifted down here. <laughs> trucks that even like shouldn't be lifted are lifted. Like they yeah. just want to show like, I'm going to put money not into fixing my truck, but to lift my truck instead. Yeah, the beaters with like the, the 30 inch rims and then just like <laughs> basically just, just drive over the overpass overpass like it's it's nuts <laughs> it, it, it gets really wild and sometimes like the tires make the truck look even smaller it's like a mini mini monster truck exactly yeah i i, I don't get it i i'm, I'm all it, for fuel efficiency <laughs> yeah that was an interesting thought i had it's just like contrastly like how does like different genres of music kind of affect people and how they spend their money well country guys you know like they they enjoy beer hip-hop enjoys liquor um primarily i mean like this is obviously typical stereotypical because obviously everyone enjoys beer i actually hate beer and i talk i got a lot of flack from that um earlier when i tweeted i hate beer or beer sucks or whatever that was because i'm more of a liquor guy you know i like my long islands i like my i like my rum and cokes i like my you know jack daniels and stuff like that patrons and what what you have is but i'm not I, i can't take bud light i'm not a crafts beer kind of guy i'm not i'm not anything like that just like cold piss to me I mean, it's one of those things that I feel like you had to really force it down your bullet when you were young and drinking underage, and then you just kind of acquire the taste over time. Uh, I don't know. I think there's, I there's, never- a beer, there's a beer for everyone. You just haven't found yours yet. That's all it comes down to. Liquor tastes like shit, too. That's why you got to water it down and mix it with shit. You don't just drink liquor straight up. It was, it's being shots, yeah, but I'm, I understand what you're saying, yeah. I mean, Long Islands are great. Captain Morgan has this pre-mix long island and i think it's one of their new new brands i'm not sure what it is but it comes in like a brown bottle and it's fantastic i got ian hooked up on it um let's let's get everyone else hooked up on it captain morgan long island pre-mix there it is man um i'm fully immersed in the seltzer game and i ain't, I ain't afraid to admit it no more I, I'm, I'm i've taken my flack but whatever that shit's good um uh, it's locale too and it's just great you have a very uh very refreshing in the summer months too yeah, you have a truck, Bobby. You ever going to get that lifted? <laughs> no, no, I'm not. That's not uh, <laughs> that's not my thing. Um, my kids and and girlfriend can barely already get into a regular size truck. What if to put them through <laughs> lifting it up another two feet or something? I'd be fine, obviously, but it'd be like them crawling up a freaking you know rock wall or something at like a one of them parks. But um, like ladder extensions that they have on like the back of boats. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But Dylan, I mean, you got any other topics or uh, I do start jumping into some stuff? Oh, okay. All right. Breaking news topic, and this is what's going to round out this week's Around the Mill with Dill and Bobby and TSP listeners around the world. Thank you so much. As we, as TSP Nation, hit 10,000 total streams for since we started. So, yeah, 10,000 total streams, baby. Hell yeah. You TSP listeners, awesome. shout out, shout out to everybody, man. That that is a gigantic milestone. That's really cool. I, I had no idea, man. So that's definitely a shock. It's the first time I heard that. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm still really awesome, I'm across the screen, and I was like, holy shit, ten thousand, man, ten thousand. Like just to say that out loud is just who would have thought? Who would have thought? One hundred six episodes in ten thousand. That's 
that's like that's what what a great support from just what manifested as an idea just to talk shop uh with a good friend 900 plus miles away and then now it's like you know people tune in on a weekly basis whether it's the current episode or catching up on previous ones um you've been there from day one Uh, we love you thank you so much Uh, let's get ten thousand more bobby easy let's get let's hit hit, we're gonna hit 100k sometime and it's gonna be fucking lit i can't wait so yeah um big big episode man we you know got the ad read got another dope guest uh it's been great combo so far but uh, we haven't touched the surface yet so uh we gotta get into it man yeah let's get into it darren darren you bobby has been actually letting me know that you are a traveling man of sorts you've been to concerts and such i want to know the type of concerts you've been to i know that like you know People, even if you're not a people person, being at an, a live event like a concert, feeling the bass hit you in the chest when you're there, it just adds an element that you can't get when you're just listening over the radio. Uh, what are some concerts you've been to? Maybe some of your favorite moments. So kind of funny with going to concerts. I didn't start to follow it. I guess now it's probably been about 10 years. I didn't start going to concerts until I was like in my mid-20s. So I started, my friends were actually going to them, going to like festivals and stuff like that. And they're like, oh yeah, you should really go. So I went, I went to this festival called uh, Movement. It's actually in Detroit. It's a techno festival. And I went, I was completely overwhelmed with just, just the culture, just all the different people, people flying from all over the country, all over the world. And, but you go there and like the city literally just like makes like the whole city pretty much shuts down for this festival. And it's just like, just the community and just the great vibes and how, how friendly everyone is. Like normally you can hear like people doing like stealing and drugs and all that kind of stuff. But you go there and you see families there with their kids, like kids in their strollers with obviously earplugs on for protection. And they're just dancing around having a great time. And it's not really that expensive and you go and you just kind of dance and explore and talk and meet, meet people from different cultures and different backgrounds. And that's the one thing that I really enjoy about going to, to shows. Um, one, obviously the music, but two, just the community, just meeting different people. That's yeah. I like that. Um, and really usually, at least for myself, when I go to music shows and it's been a few years now, but when I was going kind of semi-regularly, I'd usually go with about a group of, like six to 10. So it was always just great um, to have your friends with you there. And then just like you said, meet other people and, and kind of vibe out. And um, there's never really any kind of drama, all that stuff, all the drama and, and just all the craziness of the world that just stays right there at the, at the front gate. And once you're inside, man, it's just, uh, it's great, you know? And um, I, I definitely, I can't wait, uh, you know, for, for more artists and stuff to start getting back out on the road and, uh, I think it'll be time for me to um, to start hitting some shows and stuff. But uh, obviously, um, your travel and and your music going like everyone else got stalled out last year. Um, before, because earlier there was only about a three month little window there when everything was kind of normal. But uh, before everything kind of, uh, you know, before shit hit the fan, I should say, did you have any big plans set for last year that? kind of got thrown by the wayside yeah i think i had like usually i go to a few shows in colorado and a few festivals and we my friends and i we'd gone to one in california back in 2019 you're like oh we really have to go again so obviously 
basically my entire year got canceled as far as shows. So either got the tickets refunded or kind of just waited, got them rolled over to hopefully this year I can do stuff. So we'll just kind of be waiting to see what happens. I think I haven't been to, yeah, I haven't been to anything since February of last year, actually. That's yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. I mean, that's right, right when, right before. Um, and then the traveling, you know, that, that's one thing I've always thought was pretty awesome. It's just some of the places you've got to go. Uh, I don't know how often you've been outside the country. I know inside the country, you've seems like you've been to quite a few different places, but uh, where have been some of your favorite places to hit up? Um, and just like wh- where it went about, did you start to, uh, you know, make time and, and start planning out different trips every year like you did? Is that kind of the same time, mid 20s or even before that? I was probably, probably more of my 30s. I think okay. just going to festivals and then like kind of look, that was kind of my opportunity to get outside of my bubble of like Toledo and, and Detroit area. And just like, I think one of the biggest ones was, I think it was in 2018, I went out to uh, Colorado and I was going to, I don't know if you've ever heard of uh, the venue called Red Rocks. And yeah. I, yep. Yeah. So I went off, I went out there just to see like one artist and I had some vacation time and I was with my friend. I was like, well, why don't we just stay out here for a week? I was like, I never, normally I would just fly in there, go there for a day or two, just, just go for the concert and then fly back. And I was like, well, why don't I just stay and explore? Why don't I see what else there is besides like actually going to the concert? And I stayed out there for 10 days and it was like, wow, like this is so cool. Like there's so much other stuff I could be doing. I could go hiking. I can go to bedrooms. I can go eat all these different restaurants. And I was like, I should do this more often. I shouldn't just like use all my time going to shows. I should go and actually explore the culture of the, the area that I'm going to. And that's since, since then, I'd say, I think that might've been 2017, maybe I've really like put a lot more time into, yeah, go to the shows, go to the concerts, but also like do something else as far as like, hiking or, or food or just seeing the art and the culture of every area. So I get, I guess I will say that like it does, it has definitely sucked for someone like me that loves going to like music shows like during the pandemic, but I've taken up one thing. One of the things I've done to like kind of fill in that gap is I've gotten into photography a little bit more and then also hiking, which are two things that I can do that are completely social distancing and I can still go out and see things. And that's one thing that I've done. I've noticed since I've been down here is that I can go hiking. No one's around me. I can take pictures. I can see nature and I can still travel. That's why I've, I've still been able to, I haven't really flown anywhere, but I've done, I've definitely done some road trips since I, since the pandemics happened. That's awesome. Um, that area over there by Red Rocks and stuff, is that, uh, is it also kind of elevated, or was it far enough away from like the Denver area to where you didn't really notice as far as like, you know, oxygen and, and, you know, different, you know, the way, uh, breathing and stuff was. It's about a half hour, 40 minutes away from like Denver proper. So you got to drive out a little bit, but yeah, once you get out there and that that time that we went, I think I went, might've been late fall. So at that point in Colorado, it's snowing. So, and I remember, I, I don't even have the picture on me, but I remember like we were staying at an Airbnb and it didn't snow that day. But then I remember like waking up and like looking out and there's just mountains in front of me and it snowed like while we were asleep. And just to wake up to like 
mountains and a valley like in front of you like you don't you don't that's see insane. that very you don't see that you don't and that's normal for them i can't so even like, picture that so yeah that had to be amazing i can't even like think of it in my mind you're like, that's oh, how much yeah. i just don't know i'm used to like waking up and seeing like like i'm staring at a tree right now like not like waking up and looking yeah. like that that particular airbnb like they had like their animals they let them roam free so like i woke up and there was like chickens ro- running around and goats and dogs and then you just wake up and it's just like you're out in nature and it was just such a such a cool and different experience from what i'm what i've been used to and that's why i just always just try to keep going out and trying different things respect that i can respect that um so let's just put we'll, we'll run a scenario here like everything's open up we're it's everything we know is 100 percent safe um where would be maybe like top three it doesn't have to be in any like specific order but maybe top three spots you know around the world that you uh you know dream to uh travel to i've been wanting to go back to europe i i've been to europe before uh a few times i had one of my friends that uh majored in Slavic studies at Michigan. And so she did a lot of studies in Poland. So I've been actually been to Poland three times. And then I also, oh, and then okay. the, the one time I went to Poland, because Poland, yeah. <laughs> Poland and Germany, Germany uh, neighbor each other. So I have been to Germany briefly. I was in Berlin for like a day or two. And that was like, like as far as like culture shock, like Berlin's like crazy. Like you go to Berlin, you're like, wow. Like it, it really feels like you're in a completely different area. I wanted to move there so, so fast, but obviously not really feasible right now. <laughs> but, uh, sure. Just, yeah, just the, the history, because it's like a city like that that's so old. And then again, obviously really, really, really big. And it's just so, so diverse. There's just so much going on. And we, we really just, I think we spent like, we were there for a day or two and just, we always just walked around and just like looked at stuff. Walked around, stopped, ate some food, had a beer, and just kept walking. Like we just did that like the entire day, and it was just like I only saw like that much. Just saw like a tiny pinch of like what the city had to offer. But as far as uh, if I could go anywhere right now, since I was in high school, I always wanted to go to Spain. Not really sure why, but I guess at one point I took Spanish classes. I, I, I don't remember any of that. That was forever ago, but, uh, yeah, right. but uh, that was shoot. Yeah. That was like 15 years ago, but uh, <laughs> I've always, wanted to, I've always wanted to go back to Spain or go to Spain. Um, one, I love Spanish food, love Mexican food Two, uh, Again, uh, there's just so much going on there. And three, if you go to Ibiza, they have really crazy uh, parties and shows there as well. So I've always wanted to go to Spain I wanted to go back to Germany, actually, like, kind of get more in, into, like, actually Berlin and the rest of the neighboring cities there. And then third would be uh, probably, like, Switzerland or, or uh, Iceland. Again, okay. great scenery, lots of stuff to do as far as hiking and stuff like that. And actually, um, as far as uh, Iceland, I actually planned a trip to uh, Iceland for this upcoming fall because – if you if you do if you happen to get a vaccine you can you can fly there now. But, oh, nice! Uh, which I found out recently. I was like, "What? I can actually go?" But everything else, but everything else, like obviously, you probably have to sit and wait and see. So, but yeah, I definitely like. Hopefully, like next year, like everything's somewhat more back to normal, and I can like go back to Europe. That was originally my plan for uh, 
2020, but didn't happen. Yeah, I feel that, man. A lot of things just got halted with the pandemic, and hopefully with vaccinations coming out, um, you know, we can uh, come back to normal. We start traveling, yeah. going, seeing those things. And I know you mentioned Spanish food, Mexican food, as do I. Love it as well. What are some other foods, maybe some joints, hidden places in the wall? You know, where? what about your Dallas area? Texas food. I know everything, you know, you love your, um, what are they, what do they fucking call it? Uh, barbecues, Southern barbecue, hospitality barbecues, whatever you have. What are some foods that you like uh, down in Texas or maybe abroad that you've, you've had in your traveling days? And that's the one thing I, I, that as far as like moving from Ohio to Texas, the food down here destroys Ohio. Like that, that except for one thing though, I will say. I I have not been able to find good pizza. The pizza here is horrible. Huh. Horrible. Wow. Do not come here for pizza. I'll eat pretty much anything, and like I've tried to find a good pizza. Actually, probably once I'm done with the show, I'm probably, I, I found an Italian store where I can go get stuff to make my own pizza. That's usually the only way I eat pizza down here. I've had like multiple people tell me, "Oh yeah, this spot's good. This spot's good," and it's all it's all garbage. <laughs> like. When I go back, when yep. I go back home, uh, I said Village Idiot. You ever had Village okay. Idiot? Like, oh yeah, I'll, dude, I'll immediately when I go up, go back home to visit, probably in a month or so, I'll immediately go to Village Idiot. I'll go to Pino's <laughs> or something, oh, yeah. something else. Like, there's there's not good pizza down here, but everything else, barbecue, amazing Mexican food, amazing, uh, Asian food, amazing, like everything, like. And the thing is, it's like they say there's obviously a lot of competition and a lot of different restaurants to go to. You got to talk to the locals. You got to talk to people that know all the hole in the wall spots. It's just like anywhere else. You don't go to the chains. You got to you gotta talk and kind of get to know where to go. I remember I was one day at work and we went to – and was, well, half of my, half of my um, coworkers are Hispanic. Like they're like actually Mexican. And – they, we were like, oh, let's go out to eat, and we went. Out, we went to this hole in the wall place across the street from our, our shop, and everyone is was Spanish. Like literally, everyone spoke Spanish. The menus are in Spanish. The workers all spoke Spanish. I had them order for me. For me. <laughs> like that, that's that's like that's how legit it was. It was like, uh, I don't like. I want that. It was like pointing. At, <laughs> I felt like a little kid. Like like picture Dallas right now. I'm left like pointing at Indy like I don't know what I'm talking about. Like that's such a cool experience. And then I get it, it's like four dollars and I'm stuffed and it's amazing. Like it's stuff like that that that's the stuff that I enjoyed on here. But as far as uh well let's try to think about the food. Barbecue, obviously Texas is really big about their barbecue. Uh there's I mean you can pick tons of there's so many good spots. I've been to like four or five. Um down here in Dallas area, Pecan Lodge is really good. Uh, the other day, I went to Hutchins Barbecue. That's one that's rated really high. If you drive down to outside of Austin, there's an area called Lockhart, which is called like the it's called the Texas uh, capital of barbecue. And what you can do is you can do what's called the barbecue tour, and they have like some of the, oh, the wow. super old school like bar- barbecue places. Off the top of my head, it's like Fruits, and then there's Terry Blacks, and then there's another one, Smitty's, I think. And what I did was I was outside of Austin, and I stopped there. Horrible idea. I went to all three of them and tried barbecue at all, at all three of them. It was amazing. 
I had meat sweats for like the next 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> I went to each Been one. There, yeah, dude, I went to each one. I was like, well, I'm gonna try, I'll try a piece of brisket and I'll, I'll try some pork rib. I did that at all three spots. And I got to the last one. I think it was Terry Black's. And I, so my coworker told me, like, well, people that have been living here for me, he's like, oh, Terry Black's is the best. I made the mistake of saving that one for last. It was the best. And they also had the best sides. So I got... I went and got my meat, and they're like, "Oh yeah, what's it was a buffet style." They're like, "What sides? What sides would you like?" And I was like, "What? They have a whole buffet of sides? Like it was like they had served it to you, like they had gloves on, and they were serving it to you from far away and all that." But I was like, "I couldn't eat. I couldn't eat all of it. I was so full." And then after that, I would yeah, have meat for, and then after that, I'd meet that's all that Marvel barbecue tour. That'd be great. But yeah, yeah, you know, I'd, I'd have to plan that on a day where I was like, I don't have shit to do after. I'm gonna go home and lay on the couch. Yeah, that's really what going, happened. You're not, that's not a hike, that's not a hiking day after that. Yeah, no, I, I ate that. I was like, I got in my car and just sat for like a minute. And I was like, what I, how am I gonna, how am I gonna make it back to my farm <laughs> stay? And I just went to sleep after that. Yeah, that was literally the rest yeah, of my that day. Makes sense. But that's yeah, awesome. Barbecue's good. Um, it's just because this area, like people come from all around the country, so everyone brings like their food here pretty much and you just kind of know like with all the different suburbs that are around you know where to where to go to get certain kind of food like for example um carrollton around here that's like where a lot of uh the asian asian folks live so you know if like you want to get good good chinese or whatever you, you go to carrollton um i uh, know um as far as like fancy restaurants you go straight to downtown if you want to spend like 300 on on restaurant not my style, but like yeah, for example, yeah. that um that Salt Bay dude has a restaurant down. Oh now. god. Yeah, it opened up. Uh, I think it opened up in either late late March, I think. So he was here. Like it was all over all over the news. Like you could go, you could like go downtown. To, um, and actually, I think one of my coworkers went. I don't know why he did because it's literally like three hundred dollars for a steak. And, and Salt Bay was here, and he'd do the whole flicking the salt <laughs> thing for you. Like it's literally yeah. like. It was, it's, I was like, what people actually pay for this? That's like, yeah, that dude's filthy, filthy fucking rich off of that meme. That's so nuts how people his whole clothes up anyone these days. White yeah. TVs and then yeah, black white TVs and black sunglasses. That's it. Yeah. So yeah, people, people, like, there is a huge wait, and people are just lining up to go pay $1,000 for a meal. It's probably good, but I'm yeah, sure that's it is. just, that's, such i'm sure the portions are small and plus i've seen he'll come up and have feed you well he'll cut the steak up and then f- like feed you i don't know it's just a weird whole weird experience right. and i think i think i also seen one of the steaks on there which i'm sure is one of them thousand dollar joints yeah. it's covered in like 24 karat gold yeah that's i don't the, know that's, that's just <laughs> yeah that's the tomahawk one yeah i'll go to longhorn i'll go to longhorn and get a, and get a ribeye and i'll be happy it's like it's probably the experience it's a weird comparison a weird comparison, but it's kind of like probably like masturbation, man. It's like it's great experience, but afterwards you just feel disgusted. <laughs> same kind of, I well, maybe not the same kind of motion, but yeah, I don't know. Wow, wow, Dylan, I didn't think of that that comparison. Great steak, great steak, but god damn it, spent three hundred dollars. Yeah, not my style. Yeah. I try to find the if you got it, the local spots yeah, that I mean, don't cost that more Sure, uh, which is even—I mean—that's better anyway because uh, that dude doesn't—he's—he's he's got plenty of money. So 
That's awesome. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to get down to Texas at some point. Um, you know, even for like a five day, you know, trip or a week or something. And yeah, check out all the different food spots because obviously, throughout the years, you know, your man versus food, your triple D, all all them like Food Network shows and stuff. Whenever they go and do a barbecue episode, they're always going down to Texas, and just the stuff looks uh, incredible. And while there is. I, you know, Ohio's a little underrated for the, their food, you know, cuisines that we have. But yeah, Texas is just, you know, a whole other world. So that's that's pretty awesome that a lot of the stuff that we've heard and seen um, can be confirmed, you know, by you. And I'm sure there's you haven't been down there that long, so you, you still got a lot more exploring to do on that that aspect. And speaking of food, I was thinking as well how, and I could be alone on this, who knows? But I would like to ask you guys: Isn't bre- breakfast food? Usually tastes better at night. When a, a bowl of cereal at night hits way better than a bowl of cereal in the morning. It's like kind of like a breakfast thing because it's sweet, or a dessert thing because it's sweet. Is that, yeah, is that why? Breakfast at, at night for like dinner. It's oh, like, oh, breakfast, bre- for, breakfast for dinner? Yeah, everyone does that. I would think. Does it taste do better? Time, but it does taste better. I'd no, it's like, it's a, here and there, blue moon situation. But maybe that's the case because it is a blue moon situation that tastes better. So you're not having it repetitively. Or I was also thinking maybe it's because your brain is more stimulated at that point in time of the day where it can acquire all the flavor and taste within the meal as opposed to an hour after waking up. I wonder um, if people do like the opposite. If some dude wakes up at fucking 8.30 a.m. and has a rack of ribs and <laughs> <a> potato <laughs> or something. I think I'm sure nice. that you I haven't gone that extreme, but I have had like yeah. for breakfast. Rack of ribs, sure, potato, yeah. I feel a little heavy. <laughs> you know, something where they're like, yeah, I'm going to have dinner for breakfast, and then I'll have breakfast for dinner later. Something, something wild. I maybe like third shift people, they, maybe they do that. I don't know. but Which is that? Because I know your shifts, they change kind of semi Yeah, I am, I am working third shift right now. Okay. But, um... So it just kind of de- it kind of depends, but like I'm not gonna get off of work and eat, eat a rack of ribs. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, it's like something light, like a salad or something like that. Like nothing crazy. Is that um? Because I didn't even think to even to ask, but um, how long does it take you? Because like I said, when we worked together, we were on first shift, and I know um, you've got, like before you moved down there, you were kind of going back and forth. I think you were a night there for a while before you left, but how long does it kind of take you to get to get used to? switching you know pretty much to the opposite sleep schedule and stuff yeah like blacked out curtains and all that at your house i do yeah they're, that's they're, a must they're, yeah they're, they're not up right now but they're they're up when i go to bed <laughs> that is a must and then the i think the thing with most people that are new to working nights because i had some coworkers that had never done it before or were, hadn't done it in a while and i was like the key is like you have to kind of like depending on how you want to live your life. If you just want to, like when I was younger and I worked nights and all I wanted to do was just like play video games, working nights is fine because it doesn't really matter. You can play Call of Duty 24-7. So I, yeah. I, when, I, when I was like 20-something and working nights, I never changed my sleep schedule around. So I'd get off and get off at work at 8, 9 a.m., sleep, get up at 7 p.m. and stay up all night playing video games. Didn't really change anything. Now that I'm older and when I actually have like an outside life, usually what I have to do is like on my like one of my off days, kind of like take a nap and kind of like flip my sleep schedule around so like I can actually get up and like enjoy the day 
Like I don't want to be a yeah. vampire. Right. So like I'll work to I'll work tonight and then tomorrow I'll probably stay up for a minute, take a nap, and then get up and then I should be good for the next couple of days off. So Oh wow, you gotta work this well. Damn. I mean definitely double uh double thanks for because uh, I mean this is kinda your bedtime almost on a regular day. So I got like another hour and a half. We're good. Well, yeah, definitely super appreciated. Then um, I'm, I'm an hour behind you, so you haven't really. Had- oh, that's true. I, I yeah. always forget about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. Um, if it was 11:30 right now, yeah, I'd be like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> did you yeah, work last yeah. night then? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just got. I had just gotten back when you like. I got back home like right. No in. shit! Wow, yeah. Dylan, we got a. This is a, a marathon here, right from work into a podcast, man. Pretty incredible. I was I was ready for it. I'm good. Yeah, we, that's a, that's our that's our typical Friday right there. Me and you both know that. Now that I'm on, uh, that's that true. Person. That is true. Yeah, I'll get off on Friday and we'll record. But so are you? Um, I mean, are you a big coffee guy or are you you uh, like a monster? Or what do you, I used what do you to do drink to a lot. Of, I used to that? drink a lot of Monster, and then I realized how horrible it is for you, so I stopped yeah, drinking that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, in Ohio, I. I used to just get a four pack of Monster and just go through that in a day, and I was like, "Why does it feel like my heart's? Why does it feel like my heart's gonna explode?" Oh, yeah, God, wow! <laughs> right, right. I kind of, I kind of cut off on that. Now I pretty much, if I'm like feeling tired, I'll just drink tea, which is actually pretty good for you, like green tea. Yeah. It's pretty good for you. No calories, no sugar, or anything like that. It has caffeine, natural caffeine in it. Wakes you up, and that's usually like I'll get to work like if I'm. Like I'll get to work at night and I'm tired. Or I'll have my little thermos of tea. And I'll drink that and I'm good. And that usually gets me nice. like more wired than Monster would. I don't feel like crap afterwards. So, is there it. a chance that uh, you'll be able to switch back to first uh, at any time? I, or I will be pretty soon. So that's, that's cool. just more of a temporary thing. Cool. So I'm not too worried about it. Like yeah, I'll do it for a few months and switch back. I actually, I've only been on thirds for a few months so when i moved down here it wasn't so it was never going to be a, a long-term thing gotcha then you get some i'm a big coffee guy myself i've been liking the k-cups of colombian colombian coffee love it it's not too rich and uh it's i think it's a medium roast actually so right there up my alley colombian coffee and been using this uh i think coffee mates hazelnut creamer great combination so that's what I've been getting lately, and I, it's it's routine. Wake up, brew the cup, drink it, and then now that the the mornings are a little bit warmer than you know those low twenties, I don't take a like a thermos cup of coffee uh, to work. Now I usually just drink water, so my coffee intake's cut back a little bit, which is probably better for my health, anyways, in the long run. Uh, I just get that I think twelve ounce, I think a nice cup of Joe in the morning to wake me up. And since I don't take a shower before work, um, I'm just going to get fucking destroyed and dirty and take a shower after work anyway. So um, that's the way she rolls. What's the temperature up there right now? We do it's typical Ohio shit. Um, like last week, we were getting to like the 70s. I think we might even hit almost 80 a couple of those days. Um, at least here in Toledo, Dylan's over in the Dayton area, so it might be different for him. But um, we're only going to hit 55 today, which sucks. It's going to be cloudy. So, I mean, we're, I don't know, it's it's back and forth, as always. You know how yeah. it is over here. So, I'm sure next week it'll be back in the 60s and 70s again, and who knows. 
And then out of nowhere, boom, in, in May, we'll be getting smacked with like 80-degree days or something. Yeah, I got a high of 59 here in Troy, so yeah. not much different there. Um, but it looks like we're going to have a promising week going forward. I mean, a little bit of having, having some lows in the 30s, unfortunately, but that's probably going to be just like the first couple hours of my shift. And luckily, because I work first shift, it only warms up as my shift goes on, um, as opposed to like the outbound shift. feel bad because, you know, they're coming into warm and then it only gets colder. So if you're not liking the weather when you're coming in on second shift, you are, excuse me, you're not going to like it towards the end of your shift because it's only going to get colder when that sun goes down. Yeah. Yeah, it sucks though, like being first shift. Is you, you and me, we work out outside. So you got to dress warm because it's 30 degrees out. And then right. two hours later, it's 60 degrees. You're like, holy shit. And you got like two layers on, three layers on. <laughs> but uh, that's Ohio for you. I'm sure. What, what, I mean, what's it down there for you? Right? You're going to be like in the 80s today? Chilly today. And the funny thing, oh, here we go. It's fifty. It's fifty-one all right now, which is okay. that's cold okay. for here. Yeah. The high today is only sixty-one. But the funny thing about when I moved oh, down right. here, because uh, a few of my co- a lot of my coworkers are, moved from California, and I remember it was might have been last August, and it was like fifty degrees in the morning. Granted, it was gonna be like high ninety, whatever ninety eight or something like that. And I went to work like so like in my khakis and my pole, like I'm like whatever. It's fifty out. It's not that cold. I get to work. I swear, my coworker had a winter jacket on. Oh, winter geez. jacket. He had a fleece on and, and a hat, and I was like rolling. I was on the ground just laughing, like, "Bro, like, are you okay?" It's like, dude, it's cold. I'm like, it's fifty out. It's gonna be like a hundred in like three hours. Like, it's and that's a, and that that's the reason. Like, not to go back to it, but like, that's why. Like, when that that stuff happened in February, people were miserable. Like fifty is yeah. People wear winter coats like in fifty out here. Like I can just yeah, nuts. That's like no. a, maybe like a white maybe a, a, like a white jacket or a hoodie or something like that. That's not winter. yeah. Today it's gonna be because I got some stuff to do after this. I'm gonna be in shorts and a hoodie, and that's I'll be I will yeah. be 100 comfortable. Exactly 100. Yeah. yeah, that's insane. Yeah, um, think- go ahead. Uh, I, think, I think it might have been in the fall. It was the same thing. It was like 55 or 60 out. And for me, that's like, that's fall weather in, in Ohio. I was still wear, yeah. I, I love wearing flip-flops. So I was wearing like jeans and like a track jacket and flip-flops. And I go to the farmer's market and I happened to be wearing, actually, I, it was a good conversation starter because I happened to be wearing my Michigan track jacket, like my, my, my black in. And they're like, there's one they're like oh so you're from michigan so they start talking about that and they turned out there was a lady there that was from uh, michigan went to michigan state and then they look at my feet and they're like aren't you cold with those on and i was like it's 55 out that's fine <laughs> oh you you haven't lived down here long enough 55 is cold for us here i was like oh okay i'll 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 see what happens but like, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm sitting here right now with like t-shirt and shorts on so it hasn't hit me yet nuts um yeah i'm I'm glad you brought that because i wanted to touch on some sports a little gaming and we got one more question after that we'll get you out of here to uh rest up for tonight but um yeah um you're in the perfect area at least for for your pro sports you're a big dallas cowboys fan and then uh, as you just kind of uh, mentioned there you're also unfortunately a uh, Michigan football fan, and I say unfortunately for 
uh, my point of view and really yours anymore. Um, it's not been a fun 10 years uh, for you guys. But, uh, yeah, I mean, um, I definitely wanted to get uh, your thoughts because one of the big things that, that happened um, not, not too long ago was the Cowboys uh, ponied up some an insane dough for uh, Dak Prescott on top of already what they're giving to uh, Zeke Elliott. And I figure um, I've, I've seen some of the guys I know, because, I mean, even up in Ohio, there's there's a lot of Dallas Cowboys fans. It's I mean, yeah, It, it was kind of puzzling. I actually know more um, of Ohio than down here. Yeah, it's it's pretty wild. But um, There's a lot of Steelers fans down here, actually. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I didn't even exa- know that. Exactly. That's gross. I, I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not cool. There's a lot of Steelers um, yeah, the, the the contract thing I've seen has been very polarizing, kind of almost 50-50 how people have uh, been feeling about that. But I figured we'd we'd ask you, man, what, what were your thoughts? Are you happy that uh, he's staying around and for for that price tag? I'm kind of t- – so I'm one of the ones that's kind of torn. So, like, I think he deserves it with the way he's played. But on the like from a business standpoint, I don't think we should have paid him and Zeke and Cooper. And he's loaded up. Throw it, put all of our chips towards our offense, and our defense is horrible. And now they're kind of hearing uh, that Jerry's oh, – I can't think of the guy's name right now. That tight end from Florida. He's looking at maybe drafting him first this year. Oh, I know, I know what you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, so we've really put all of our chips on offense. Where Like the reason – the problem was last year, if you even remember that Browns game, where it was this complete ridiculous shootout. Because we couldn't stop anyone. Everyone ran the ball down our throats. And it's like not saying that we need to have like elite defense, but you need to have some kind of defense. Cowboys do not have a defense right now. You need to make, be able to make some stops. The Chiefs don't have, like, for example, the Chiefs don't have an elite defense. But they're able to go lights out and score a lot. But they, their defense can make some stops. We, don't, we can't do either. We don't have Tyreek Hill. We don't have Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Dak Prescott got is not Patrick Mahomes, and then our defense is nowhere. Our defense is even on the same caliber as those. They got better at the second. They got better towards the end of the year. So I guess we'll see how this year goes. But I know we're trying to pick up some people in free agency in the draft to see how that goes. But like, I'm happy that Dak got. I think he deserves it with the way he's playing before he got hurt last year. But from a business decision, like I don't think it was great for the organization. Time will tell if it if it works out, but it, like we always got to play exactly the same. Our defense is going to have to be better. Um, we have a pretty tough schedule coming up. I think I was overheard on ESPN the other day. I think we have like Chiefs on the road, Saints on the road, Chargers on the road, Patriots. Like it's not a, it's not a, then everyone else in the in their division that's getting significantly better. So it's not an easy. It's definitely not an easy. It's not going to be an easy season. So if you think do you think Dak's gonna get get us to that next level where we're actually going deep into the playoffs and just instead of just scraping by and barely making the wild card or going eight and eight, I don't know. We're gonna have to wait and see on that. That's kinda I feel like we're still kinda going in the same path we've been going for the past ten or so years. Sure. <laughs> I've been a Cowboys fan longer than I've been a Michigan fan and I feel like ever since I've been a Cowboys fan, they always make the worst business decisions, or Jerry makes the worst business decisions. This might be one of them. Hopefully it's not, but I've seen him make a few of them. 
I have a question for you, and then I have a follow-up for you, Bobby, uh, a Browns question uh, that is. So I'll start off with Darren here. Is Zeke Elliott on his way out? As far as is he declining, as far as his production? As far as Jerry realizing you make too much money for the the product that you put on the field and running back is not that important, so you make too much money. Bye. I think of all – I have to agree with you. I think of – any of the three players I mentioned, if Amari, Zeke, or uh, Dak, he was the one that was by far the most overpaid. Especially the way that, that running back, the way the running backs service in the NFL nowadays, you just get yourself a you get yourself a rookie, fresh legs from college. They go at it for three or four years, and then after that, they pretty much start declining. Like the the days of the running backs that play for 15, 16 years. Those days are gone. I don't think you're going to see too much of that anymore. It's a passing league. You need you need guys that can t- – and then also the, the people that are hitting them are defensive linemen that run four threes and, like, jump jump like 44 – have 44 inch verticals. So to get hit by those kind of guys constantly for 10 years, you're, it's going to wear on you pretty quick. Like, Zeke was a monster at, at Ohio State and then a monster and he came into the league. But – his, his style of play is a bruising running back, so it means he's running into those guys repeatedly. It's just basic like physics. Like you can only you can only do that for so long. And he got he I mean he got that contract. He's doing well. And then obviously last year he saw that he had a lot of a lot of health issues, a lot of injuries. Not like any really crazy ones, but he wasn't the same Zeke that we'd seen before. And yeah, we, we're, we've added like a lot more offensive weapons and we might even add some more, but you see that, that the focus of the offense isn't Zeke anymore. It's, it's Dak. That's why we have all the, all those wide receivers and tight tight ends. And that's why he's looking at drafting the other tight end just to round it out. Zeke's going to end up being that guy that's handed off to him every once in a while. And to your point, do you want to pay someone like that, that much money? If I were him, I would dump that in, I would trade him to, to trade him or try to re- restructure his contract and put that money towards something else. 100% agree with you. But I'm going to be sounding very hypocritical coming here in the next year or two when we inevitably have to re-sign Nick Chubb for Cleveland and I'll be coming for Andrew Barry's head if he's unable to come with terms. And I think it would be a smart idea to possibly, you know, give him like a three-year extension. It doesn't have to be like long-term bullshit. Uh, but give him like the opportunity to kind of double dip, especially with the market increasing the television deals. Uh, but with an extra game also, now that we have 18 weeks in the NFL season starting this year, it's going to become more of a running back by committee league where you're going to have to have more than just one uh, horse carrying the ball for you. You're going to have to split up those carries and you're just going to have to have that fine-tuned gel running back room where they're not going to be wanting uh, like a like a diva type running back where they want the ball, want the touches and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's going to have to be, you know, whoever's, whoever gets the ball near the red zone is going to be the vulture of the offense and getting the stats. But more importantly, the biggest stat that teams and players need to be worrying about is just the win column and how many wins you get because, you know, how many touchdowns you get doesn't matter and doesn't get you points towards the playoffs. So let's, you know, be a team. And that's my opinion as well on the whole contract situation is like, with these other players that need to resign for Cleveland, you know, Baker, are you wanting to be top paid quarterback in the league or are you wanting to, you know, take a, a reasonable contract, team friendly, maybe front loaded, guaranteed contract and 
let's able to win some games to surround you with that talent because we have a cap and we can't go over that cap. So uh, my follow-up question was for you, Bobby, and this is going to be Cleveland related just recently. Sheldon Richardson was released uh, by Cleveland. And I saw on social media that it, a lot of mixed emotions on that very split line there and how uh, it may be the first head scratcher for Andrew Barry as a Cleveland Brown GM uh, move that he has done. But the facts are we're tight on cap after signing Clowney. That was another point that happened this weekend. We signed Jadavian Clowney and we only had about 3 million after our rookie reserve was taken out. So 3 million in cap. And so cutting Richardson saves the Browns a little over 12 million. So I think we're looking at about 15 million going as rollover into next year, hopefully to help resign Ward, Chubb, Baker Mayfield of the world for Cleveland. Uh, what are your thoughts on the cut, the signing of Jadavian Clowney, and I guess uh, the cap and all for Cleveland? Um, I'm, I'm going to do a quick answer just because I, I want to, I don't want to uh, stay on this too long because um, we, we got we to get Darren out of here. But, um, Sean Richardson, uh, Cleveland lost a great player. That, that's my opinion. He was uh, um, a great run stopper, did a fantastic job last year, and um, was really the uh, the heart of the defense defensive line. Uh, once once uh, Miles went down there, him and um, him and uh, uh, shit, uh, fuck, Who was the DN that we just let go. Of? Um, the DN that we let Olivia go. Olivia Vernon, Olivia yeah. Vernon. Um, those two kind of really stepped up. Um, in Garrett's absence, and um, it sucks. It sucks to lose a, a great, you know, D tackle, one that you know is for sure uh, going to be able to go out there and make some plays. They got these guys winning the wings, uh, you know, and they picked up Malik Jackson, who uh, is kind of up there in age. But um, we'll see what happens. It's just the nature of the business. Uh, Andrew Barry kind of had to make some uh, some choices there, and uh, it, that that's really the first domino especially after this season, um, things like that are going to start happening uh, more and more with uh, some very big contracts coming up. So, um, but we, I mean, yeah, with, with what they got and, and they might be able to dress, dress it in the draft as well, get another D tackle. Um, you know, it's not the worst thing in the world, but uh, they definitely did let go uh, of a great player, but I definitely, it's understandable from the uh, cap uh, aspect. Although, I mean, fuck, man. Is Cap really even a fucking thing? I mean, I don't want to go on a tangent either, but the way some of these teams where they're like, yeah, they only have $2 million in cap space, but then they end up signing, re-signing the whole goddamn team and then picking up a free agent and somehow front-loading and back-loading contracts. So there's so many different ways to get around the uh, the cap anymore that um, I, I'm sure Andrew Barrick probably could have figured something out, but I guess at least now he doesn't have to uh, worry about cutting corners or anything, so... That's that's my thought. Yeah, that, that's a solid point. But, Cap space, what is it? But go ahead with your uh, your next question that you had for uh, Darren. Okay, we got two more things, uh, and then we'll get out of here. It's been an awesome conversation. Uh, it really has. But uh, gaming, um, well, that's something that uh, kind of solidified, you know, um, our, our relationship there when we worked together was when we kind of figured out, you know, big football guys, and we'd always give each other – some shit once in a while about how to state Michigan. Um, and then, yeah, gaming, like I said, um, we, uh, me and my boy Q shout out to Q Q Dell. If you listen, man, it's been a little while. Uh, we got to, uh, get up and then uh, catch up, man. But, uh, we, uh, friend and join on PlayStation and, um, just always kind of pay attention. Uh, you know, you, you're definitely a big Madden guy like myself. I noticed that, um, 
and then you kind of have an eclectic taste uh, in, in gaming, like you do music. So I figured I'd ask, uh, what is it that you're gaming on these days? I didn't. I had no idea how to switch, so that's pretty cool. Um, I'm waiting on... There's some kind of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, game that kind of reminds me of uh, like the Super Nintendo uh, days. It looks like they're dropping on Switch here soon. And that's going to get me get me going. Um, I've kind of been more on the Xbox. I got, I got a Series X, and I've been on this game called Outriders. That really, really, really invigorated my, uh, my Xbox playing days. But uh, with MLB The Show about to drop on Tuesday... Um, I'm sure I'll be going back and forth, but uh, what, what are you what are you playing these days? Honestly, right now, so, um, I'm pretty much more on my Switch. So way back when I got the Switch, Zelda game came out, like Breath of the Wild, and oh, yeah. great game. I never played it. <laughs> Sat there for four years because I would just oh. something some would pop up on my PlayStation and I'd play it. And I'm I'm more of a PlayStation guy than anything. Well, you probably heard of Cyberpunk, right? So. Yep. I had planned yep. I was super pumped for that and I pre ordered it and it was all ready. Like and I booted up and you've heard the stories. Froze it went to shit. And I was like, Well this sucks. Well that was the game I was gonna play for the next several months. So yep. got the got the got the refund. I'm like didn't get my PS five yet, so I'm like, what's the point? I wanted to get I wanted to play like Cyberpunk on it. And so I was like, Well, what should I play now? Kinda of twiddled my thumbs and it's like, oh, I have Breath of the Wild. I haven't played that in a minute. So I've I started I played it a few times and then I'd always like not play it for several months and then I forget what the hell I was doing and then I'd give up on it. But I've I've gotten much more into it and it, this is one of those open world games you can just run around and do whatever the hell you want. It's great. Super, yep. super fun. But as far as for PlayStation, I mean I have a PS4 Pro and I have a Switch. I've and I'm gonna get a PS5. I've just been more waiting for like actual games to come out for it. Like I know it's like super hyped up right now. It's a pain in the ass to get. Like I, I know you can go on PSN Direct and you just kind of have to like wait on Twitter or kind of sit there and refresh to get one. Like I know plenty of people that have one, but I don't want to like waste my time getting one if it's just gonna sit there and collect dust until like more games come out. Because it's just it's not like the yeah. Xbox. It's not like the Xbox where you guys have like that Game Pass and like you guys. Have everything else. Like yeah, that's, PlayStation. That's, that's kind of that the game pass. Place. That game pass is pretty awesome. But like, yeah, I, I love it. I love it. Yeah. And it's actually, um, MLB The Show uh, Twenty One is going to be on Game Pass the day it releases, which is pretty, pretty sweet. Because the PlayStation, <laughs> you had to pay seventy bucks for it. <laughs> on Xbox, you get it for free. It's the same. Yeah. Game. <laughs> so hopefully, it stays up for at least a couple months, and then I don't know. I th- I think I read that. Once it's on Game Pass, when they take it off, we'll get offered, I think, at a, at a discount. So hopefully that's the case, and it's at least you know thirty, forty percent off. But yeah, I'm excited about that. Um, the Switch, I, I got to get back on that. I was, I was, I played a lot of the Pokemon games, and uh, those were pretty fun. And then um, I was big on Mario Kart, Luigi's Mansion Two was was pretty fun. But uh, yeah, that one's pretty cool, and it's just—I mean, obviously, being able to take it with you and all that, obviously, uh, is is something pretty awesome. But yeah, the fact that it's portable, yeah, too. yeah, yeah, exactly. So they did a, a really good job. I seen they're about to drop, um, like the new the new gen of that at some point. But all I really read is that it's going to be like it's still only going to be like seven twenty the screen, which is kind of crazy. Not, but I have no reason to get a new one. I'm cool with the one I have. Right, it's not like yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it's I'm not like, a system you get for graphics. 
It's just right. Get, right. Like, yeah, exactly. Portability and like playing with like the multiplayer is great on it. Like getting the Joy Cons and playing playing Mario Kart or Smash Brothers or something. Like that's what you get it for. Like you don't get it because you want like like uh, 1080p or 4K graphics with your PS5 or your yeah, new right. Xbox. It is never going to be that system. Like, oh, no, no, no. Nintendo hasn't been that system for a while. And I just actually finished too. Uh, speaking of PlayStation, uh, the Miles Morales Spider Man game. Like I think it came out like last year. I just got it like a month ago. God, dude, the two last two Spider Man games that have come out for PlayStation have been incredible. I've always, I always have a blast playing those. I haven't played incredible. the Miles Morales one yet, but I played the one previous to that. Like, yeah, like the graphics on that insane. Like, it's just as good. I definitely the, recommend the production uh, they have it drops on that. Down. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's really great. It's like, like watching a movie, movie, playing through a movie. Yeah, it's literally like you're yep. in one of the movies. Like it's yep. The fact. So yeah, like, I I think um when it drops down, if it does, I don't know. I either way, I definitely recommend you, you pick that up when uh if if you're ever looking for a game to take up some of your time. But uh, one more, we got one more question, and we'll get you out of here. Uh, it's one that we ask all our guests at the yeah. end of each uh, episode, and that is knowing what you know today. What is one thing you would tell your 18-year-old self? Don't worry about what you're going to be doing in the future. Don't think that you're going to, like, when I was 18, I thought I was going to be a computer programmer and be, like, I thought I was going to have, like, a nice house some someplace in Detroit and be a video game maker. 18 years later, I'm not doing any of that at all. But I'm so happy. Because I just kept going out and trying different things, and you don't, you don't, you never know what, what life's gonna give you. There's so many ups and downs that we've all been through. I know I have been as well, but it's always it's like when you're 18, there's just so much world out there. Don't think that you you have to figure out your life right away. I think that's what a lot of I know. I definitely felt that way. I think a lot of us feel that way. Like you get up like, okay, you graduated from high school, you're an adult now. Now go do shit. You have to do this, 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 as you kind of, and most people do, whether you go ahead and get right into college and degree and get married and have kids and have a house. Some people go and do that right away. Some people don't, or some people go do that right away and it doesn't work out. And then they kind of reset and go with it again. And that's how life is. And I know I'm like cool with what I'm doing right now to you. Four years from now, we might do another podcast. I might be living someplace else. Who knows? <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, there's, there's no telling what's going to happen. Like, live, live your life. Be happy. Do it. Like, if there's something you want to do, don't worry about the money. Don't worry about like what other people think about it. Do what makes you happy. It's just so, it's so much like relief to like not have that, like feel that pressure that I felt like when I was like eighteen or twenty, thinking that I had to do with, like what my parents said I had to do. And that's really what I went to school. Like, oh, you have to be a you have to be a computer science major because that's what makes the money. You have to do this. You have to do that. And then I did it, and I hated it. And like, yeah, I struggled for a minute, and I find something that I like and I'm good at, and now I'm happy. So I just did what I wanted. What made me feel good. When you're 18, do what makes you happy. Yeah, that that's awesome, dude. That kind of struck me in a way. Sense like I feel like I'm still in that phase. Maybe not so much like veering pressure and direction of like what I should do professionally or anything like that. Um, but more so just maybe you're, I'm still in like the phase of like caring what people uh, think of you or like how they yeah. view you like that. So um, 
you want to act a certain way, but, or do certain things, or maybe you feel limited on uh, going out certain places because you don't want, um, if it's that bad, I mean, I'm not saying it's that bad for me, but I'm sure in certain cases, people listening or people not listening around the world that uh, they have those, they put those walls up. So uh, people listening to that can actually take that to heart and, um, you know, it, it is okay. Be happy, live your life because it is short. Mm-hmm. You never know. I agree. And that, and that answer, it kind of goes into what we were talking about last week, Dylan, as far as like when we were in school, you didn't really get taught shit about like life skills and, and um, you know, back like ch- like balancing checkbooks, you know, credit cards and what the interest rates can do, um, you know, mortgages, the, the whole nine yards. But at the same time, they'd be telling you, hey, once you turn 18, like you're let out in the world and you need to figure it all the fuck out because uh, you're, you know, quote unquote, a, a man or a, an adult. You know, and uh, you're just supposed to be able to navigate through. But I think nowadays, it's, which is nice, um, you know, kids that are in high school are realizing, hey, you know, there's options A through Z and uh, you, you can kind of go in order and you don't need to have, you know, the family in the house, the white picket fence, you know, all that, the, the career by 25 or whatever, you, you know, you can get up like uh, it took me till, you know, about 30 to, to have it all figured out. And like I said, I'm 32, about to buy my first house and there's still a small part of me. It's like, damn, you know, maybe I, I was a little delayed on, on getting all that stuff figured out. But at the same time, it's just like, you know, it is what it is. Um, I'm in a good spot now and happy. Yeah. It's just, I found something that I'm good at as well. And, uh, you know, you finally that, that puzzle piece, you know, finally went in there and it looks like, you know, I'm in a good spot. So I agree. I like that. I like that answer a lot. hundred percent. But, uh, Dylan, um, one Oh six wrapped up. This has been, uh, another great conversation. And uh, it's been a great time. Great kind of catching up, Dylan. Or Dylan, sorry, Darren. Um, it's it's like been far too long, and, and hopefully, uh, you know, we'll be able to check in every once in a while. And, For sure. Uh, I'm definitely gonna have to add you on, on the switch too, because uh, there'll be some stuff left we'll to uh, you know playing stuff. So uh, it's definitely. good to see that you're uh, fitting in and in, in, uh, getting getting your bearings down there in Texas. And um, I'm glad everything's going well for you, man. Oh, definitely is. It's been great talking. Awesome, man. Um, go Bucks as always, and uh, you know. <laughs> hey, I was, the, uh, I was happy that you. I can't even describe how happy I was when you guys lost to Will Roberts. Oh boy! <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're a football school. And I know that's, that's what you guys. That's what, that's, what, that's what you guys always. I mean, we are now. But. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. But no, man. Um, hopefully someday I'll, I'll get down to Texas. If you're still there. I'm going to have to definitely utilize you as some kind of, uh, you know, navigator tour guide. So For sure, hit me uh, up. we'll stay in touch, man. Appreciate you coming on, especially, uh, you know, right here before your bedtime. So uh, keep grinding, man. And uh, we'll talk soon. But but Dylan, 106, baby, it's wrapped up. You know what time it is. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's that time to wrap things up here on TSP 106. Thank you, Darren, for giving us so much of your time, especially coming right after work. Uh, we know the feeling, especially on Fridays, it can be a grueling um, experience, but what an awesome episode filled the charts with all topics, sports, the current events, uh, just like, you know, the intro says with Sav, Hollywood Sav, baby. Um, shout out to him. But, you know, Bobby, once you get down to Texas, you'll be Cowboy Bob. You got to switch out the Timberlands for some Cowboy Boots. And, you know, you got yourself all set. Maybe get yourself a nice little buckle piece as well while you're down there. Um, bring back, represent. Go Bucks, go Browns. And just for you, Darren, I guess semi luck to the Cowboys and the NFC. But anyways, take care, TSP listeners. Thank you for tuning in to another fantastic episode. Be sure to support us at all 
social media platforms. Twitter, we're trying to get to 200. That's at Talking Shop Pod. Give us a follow. Make sure you rate and review. Have a wonderful week, friends. Texas food. I know everything, you know, you love your, um, what are they, what do they fucking call it? Uh, barbecues, Southern barbecue, hospitality barbecues, whatever you have.